Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everyone. This is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. It is 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And welcome to episode number 217 of the WCWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you. Of course, the rest of the panel, way too tough to handle, of course, taking, take, trying to take it a little bit easier tonight, as, of course, we'll be hearing from them, of course, on our other shows here a little bit later on, and talks about everything everything that's went on from this past weekend up until, of course, here tonight, and <clears throat> we'll, we'll have a whole lot more for you there here in just a few moments. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will be bringing you, of course, courtesy of 411mania.com, the latest pop culture headlines, and also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, to get you... We'll also bring you some, of course, uh, history and birthdays from, of course, around the world of music. Also, also, we'll do also include sports and also uh, film and TV, of course, as well events. And also, ladies and gentlemen, some wrestling news tidbits, of course, courtesy like the 411 Mania to get you prepared for our uh, for our next two shows, of course, coming up a little bit later in the evening. However, if you want to chime in on 217 of Outside the Ropes here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please feel free, of course, as always, to give us a call. Of course, that phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, <clears throat> 141387-POUND. And press that one, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we do bring up here to your attention here tonight. Let's go ahead and not waste any time and get right into, of course, the stories of the day, courtesy, of course, of our friends at 411mania.com. Of course, we do thank our friends at 411mania.com for allowing us here in the WCWS radio network for reading their stories on all of our shows, of course, including Revolution, Wolfpack, of course, Outside the Ropes, Raw Radio, Power Hour, and, of course, WCWS This Morning, among other shows. Here are some of the stories that, of course, that are making making, of course, uh, the rounds here, of course, on 411 Mania here tonight. First off, the show, the, the new show, The Stand, this is from Joseph Lee, by the way. The Stand arrives on CBS All Access this coming December. A day has finally been set, a, a date has finally been set, sorry about that, folks, for the end of the world. Variety reports that CBS All Access will debut the updated version of Stephen King's The Stand 
on December 17th. Each episode of the nine-episode limited series will stream weekly. The first and last episodes of the series will be directed by Josh Boone, who will also executive produce. Stephen King wrote the finale, which includes a new coda that goes beyond the original ending of the story. Other writers include Boone, also uh, Stephen King's own son, Owen, also Ben Cavell, Jill Killington, Nat Lee, and Eric Dickinson. The, the series stars Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg, James Marsden as Stu Redman, Amber Heard as Nadine Cross, Greg Kinnear as Glenn Bateman, Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail, Odessa Young as Franny Goldsmith, Henry Zaga as Nick Andros, Javon Adepto as Larry Underwood, Owen Teague as Harold Lauder, and Brad William Hinky, Hink, I guess that's how the way you pronounce it, as Tom Cullen. It will also feature Heather Graham, Marilyn Manson, Fiona Dorff, Nat Wolf, <clears throat> Daniel Sujata, Edom Bailey, Catherine McNamara, Hamish Linklider, Irene Bedard, and Luca Batista. The story follows the survivors of a worldwide plague as they join either Randall Flagg or Mother Abigail to prepare for one final battle of good versus evil. Cavell says, During the two years we spent making the stand, we all felt the responsibility of adapting what may be the most beloved work of one of the world's most beloved storytellers, but nothing, none of us could have imagined that Stephen King's 40-year-old masterpiece about a global pandemic would come to be so eerily relevant. We're honored to tell this sprawling epic story, including a new coda that Stephen King has wanted to add for decades. We're so proud of this show and its attempt to find meaning and hope in the most uncertain of times. We can't wait to share it with the world. So, be, so like I said, folks, be looking for that coming up here, coming up here in December, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, some more story here from the Star Wars front here, ladies and gentlemen, as Jeremy Thomas brought, put out this story yesterday. As Kathleen Kennedy says that future Star Wars films may explore new eras and also settings. The Star Wars films have largely focused on the time of the Rebellion versus, sorry about that, versus Empire War. But Kathleen Kennedy has teased some films going out of that time frame. The Lucasfilm president spoke with The Wrap for a new interview and when asked about the plan for future films, now that the saga is over, she suggested that they may be heading to other areas of the franchise's mythology. She says, stories have been told within this universe for over the last 40-odd years, and there's now the realization that this is a mythology that actually spans about 25,000 years. When you really start to look at, look at all the different stories that have been told, whether it's in books and games, we just need to step back and really absorb what George Lucas has created and then start to think about where things might go. That's what we've been doing and we were having a great deal of fun doing it and meeting and meeting with lots of different filmmakers and talent. The expanded Star Wars universe has delved into large swaths of the IP's history, though much of that was made not necessarily canon by Disney's continuity reset when they bought Lucasfilm. Still, that setting material is out there and remains popular with fans. For, for example, the MMORPG Star Wars The Old Republic uh, explored an era 3,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, as did the Knights of the Old Republic games. The next Star Wars film was currently scheduled for 2023, with more franchise exploration being done in the Disney Plus shows. So they hope to, of course, continue to expand, uh, seeing where this is all going to uh 
where, where uh, this is all going to take it. Like I said, I mean, of course, obviously, it is, it's almost felt like it's kind of grown kind of beyond, if you think about it here, folks. It's kind of grown beyond, of course, the story of, of course, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Darth Vader, and all of them. So there you go. Ashish put out this story yesterday as the movie today won't be allowed to play in drive-in theaters unless traditional theaters are open in the same area. Variety reports that Christopher Nolan's Tenet, currently scheduled to be released in some United States locations on September the 3rd, may not be hitting a drive-in theater near you due to strict guidelines set by Warner Brothers that drive-ins can only play the film if indoor theaters in the area are open. In other words, drive-ins in the Chicago area will be able to show the film since Chicago theaters have opened. But drive-ins in the New York City and Los Angeles area will not be able to play the film since theaters in those cities remain closed. Reason for this, the reason for this is because Warner Brothers is hoping to keep the film's twists and surprises a secret in areas where traditional theaters remain closed. This has led to concern among theater owners in some markets that people will end up pirating the movie online if it's not playing near them. So far, 1,738 theaters of, of the over 5,000 across 44 states in the United States have reopened, but the country's two biggest markets, New York City and Los Angeles, still have theaters closed so 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 there you have it there folks yes indeed uh uh of course this story came out on monday here uh from the dc fandom a two-part animated uh batman called batman the long halloween film is in the works according to jeremy thomas let's bring you of course this story of course, right here. And as soon as we can get it, uh, yes. Okay, here we go. One of the most intriguing bits bits out of DC fandom this weekend involved the celebrated Batman: The Long Halloween series, which is getting a two-part animated film. Bloody disgusting reports confirmation from the event that the animated film will be released in two parts next year. Part one will arrive in the summer, with part two coming in the fall. Batman The Long Halloween is one of the Dark Knight's most beloved comic book stories, written by Jeff Loeb and illustrated by Tim Sale. The 13-issue maxi-series was published in 1996 and 1997 and is described as follows. <clears throat> Sorry about that, folks. I mean, okay. Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, Easter. As the calendar's days stack up, so, so do the bodies littered in the streets of Gotham City. A murderer is loose, killing only on holidays. The only man that can, that can stop this being the Dark Knight. In a mystery taking place during Batman's early days of crime fighting, Batman The Long Halloween is one of the greatest Dark Knight stories ever told. Working with District Attorney Harvey Dent and Lieutenant James Gordon, Batman races against the calendar as he tries to discover who, who, who holiday, which holiday is before he claims his next victim each month. A mystery that has the reader continually guessing the identity of the killer this story also ties into the events that transform Harvey Dent into Bed Batman's deadly enemy, Two-Face. Of course, a lot of people found that out, of course, I think, watching the some of the Batman animated series that came out uh, came out about 20-some years ago, of course. Uh, sorry about that here, folks. Uh, Uh, this story came out Monday from Jeremy Thomas as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot changes directors a week into filming. 
So, like I said, so for you horror buffs out there, you definitely want to listen to this. And like I said, Jeremy Thomas posted this story, of course, on Monday. There are signs of trouble for the Sawyer clan as the Fed Alvarez produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot has changed the records a week into production. Deadline reports that the film, which is written by Chris Thomas Devlin and being produced by Legendary with hopes of a new franchise, has lost Andy and Ryan Tohill. The two directors exited the project due to creative differences while filming in Bulgaria. The studio has moved quickly, bringing in Tejano director David Blue Garcia to take up the helm. All the footage that has been shot in the past week will be thrown out, and the filming will start over. The move came because Legendary did not like what it was seen from the filming thus far. Elsie Fisher, Sarah Yarkin, Jacob Lattimore, and Mo Dunford star in the new film, which is set in the present day and goes back to the roots of the original film. There's no official comment from the actual production itself. So, so folks, like I said, for for you fans of the te- of the Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And speaking of horror movies, let's go back to another right here. Uh, this story came out actually, I believe, Sunday from Jeremy Thomas right here. As David Arquette is saying that Scream 5 directors want to make a film that the late Wes Craven would be proud of. Of course, he actually was the one that did the original. uh, Sorry about there, folks. Just making sure we're... David Arquette is confident that the Scream franchise is in good hands with his new directors saying Scream 5 is aiming to be something Wes Craven would be proud of. Arquette, who along with Courtney Cox, has confirmed the return as Dewey and Gale in the film, spoke, spoke with Corpse Club per Entertainment Weekly about the upcoming film, which will be directed by Radio Not Hilmer's Matthew Bettelini Open and Tyler Gillette. Arquette says that the two are set to make a film that lives up to the legacy of Craven, who directed the first four Scream films, but sadly, of course, he passed away in 2015. I talked to the directors, and they were huge West fans, West Craven fans, Arquette said. He's been a huge inspiration for them in their whole career, but they have their hearts in the right place. They want to do something that, that they be, he'd be proud of. In fact, that Courtney's coming back, and hopefully Nev comes back as well. There's something healing about that for us to be able to carry on these films that he's done and just keep telling stories. I mean, he was an incredible storyteller, but beyond that, he was just one of the greatest humans that I ever met in my life. He was so supportive. He was incredibly smart, soft-spoken. He was a bird watcher, which is so funny to learn. He loved music and was really supportive. I miss him a lot. It will be hard and we'll be and we'll think about him a lot, but it will also feel good just to be back in his world that he created. Also announced for the film thus far are Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera, who have both signed on for unknown roles. Nev Campbell has been in talks of return as Sydney for the movie, which is set to begin filming this fall and hit theaters next year. So, for you screen fans out there, like I said, you know, be watching out for that. So, uh, also, of course, for you fans of the animated uh, TV series Static Shock that came out a while back, uh, Jeremy Thomas put out this story on Sunday as Warner Brothers is actually developing a Static Shock feature film, believe it or not. So let's, let's see a little bit about this right here. A fan-favorite DC character is making his way to the big screen in Static Shock. It was announced during DC Fandom on Saturday per Joe Blow that Warner Brothers is developing a feature film based on the character. 
Producer Reginald Hudlin made the announcement during the panel that announced the Milestone imprint would be in returning to DC Comics. Static was created by Milestone founders Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, Michael Davis, and Derek T. Dingle, and made his debut in 1993's Static No. 1. Static was among the first comics created by Milestone, which was founded with the belief that people of color were underrepresented in the industry, both on the page and behind the scenes. Stagg became the most popular of the characters, and while the imprint was shut down in 1997, the Milestone universe was integrated into the DC universe in 2010. Static, a metahuman with the ability to harness electromagnetism, has appeared not only in comics, but, his own, but in his own animated series as well as Justice League, of course, as well as Justice League Unlimited and Young Justice. He had a non-speaking role in the DC animated universe film Justice League War. So we don't know if it's going to be an animated movie or a live action one, but I mean, I'm sure it will be something unique uh, they're going to come out with. And of course, we stay on with the superhero thing here. Of course, we go back to Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, as another DC fandom story here. Um, as Ashish has reported that according to DC fandom, an official title for the sequel to Shazam has been revealed. So let's see. So let's 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 see about this right here. The official title for the upcoming Shazam sequel was revealed today at DC Fandom. It was called was revealed, of course, on Saturday at, um, at DC Fandom, which was Shazam: Fury of the Gods. The panel for the film mostly just featured the cast joking around, including an appearance by Sinbad. But director David F. Sandberg did confirm the film's title. Of course, he did post this on his Twitter handle. Uh, on Saturday at 7.56 p.m., he says, we have a title, hashtag Shazam, Fury of the Gods. What gods? Why are they upset? Yes. One of the film stars, Faith Herman, drew the, uno- drew the unofficial poster, seen above, of course, right here in the Twitter poster, the picture right here, which, of course, revealed the title. The movie is currently scheduled as of right now for November 4th, 2022 release. So this movie won't be out for a little while, but we, of course, can't wait, of course, to see what it does. Absolutely. And, of course, a couple more things in the DC fandom here, of course. I'm, like I said, I'm sure this story also came out here. As, of course, the a trailer for, this, for Season 7 of The Flash actually uh, came out here. The CW's The Flash was forced to end their season prematurely with the 19th episode in March due, due to the pandemic forcing the show to shut down production. The 20th episode will now become the start of season seven. And the trailer for that season debuted at DC Fandom on Saturday. The footage in the trailer is mostly from episode 20, which was partially filmed before the shutdown. Season seven is, ten- is tentatively set to, to premiere in January. If you want to check out the trailer, please go to the story right here, and you can check that out right there. And one more story we'll bring you here, of course, also, of course, a another a DC fandom right here um, that came out, of course, here on um, Saturday. The Rock revealed concept drawings for for his for a character he is going to be playing, Black Adam. Also teases a showdown, excuse me, a showdown with Superman. Now, that's going to be quite interesting right there. Let's see about this. 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson revealed animated concept drawings for his upcoming DC film Black Adam at Saturday's uh, DC Fandom event. He also confirmed that Justice Society of America characters Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone will be appearing in the film. Adam Smasher, played by Noah Centino, was previously confirmed as being in the film. Johnson provided the following backstory, um, courtesy of Deadline for Black Adam at, at the start of the panel. He says, 5,000 years ago, Kondok was a melting pot of magic and powers. Most of us had nothing except the chains around our necks. Kondok needed a hero and said they got me. I did what needed to be done, and they imprisoned me for it. Now, 5,000 years later, I'm free, and I give you my word, no one will ever stop me again. During the panel, Johnson noted that he would like to see Black Adam team up with Superman or Wonder Woman, but did not say if either or both of those characters would be in the movie. It might be cool to hang out with Superman, he said, because of our strengths and speed. Black, Adams, Black Adam and Superman could become friends, or they won't. Johnson also had a message for the other DC superheroes, such as Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and, and Aquaman. Let them know something. Things will never be this in the same, never be the same hierarchy in the DC universe. It's about to change. Of course, also if you want to see some of the concept drawings uh, for some of these characters, of course, they posted them at 6:31 p.m. Of course, on Saturday, so be sure to check that out. Uh, check out these, of course, courtesy of of of, uh, of course, um, like I said, of several sources here, of course, on Twitter here as well. If you care to, of course. Uh, if you want to check that out right there. So, so folks, we'll come back here in just a few minutes here. Uh, that's, of course, our wrestling. I mean, that's our, I'm sorry, our pop culture stories here for now. Before we go to our, of course, pop culture history and birthdays, let's give you this one more time. 6.51 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, of course, on Wednesday, August 26, 2020, episode 217 of WWS Outside the Ropes. Mr. WWS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. As, of course, as we said, the rest of the panel, we took up the handle, of course, getting themselves prepped for what should be a big-time night. Up nothing but big-time wrestling talk. Uh, first off, at, coming up at 8 o'clock, I will go ahead and let you know that the loose cannon should kill Cole Cephas and the Kian Club's Mipatab will be on to bring you w, the next edition of WWS Wrestling Debate. Of course, they'll be talking about, of course, uh, a lot of things on the table here, of course, obviously news coming out, of course, from everything from Raw to NXT to AEW. Of course, what happened with TakeOver and SmackDown this past weekend? What was, what was possibly going to happen with Payback coming up on Sunday? Um, of course, SmackDown on Friday, this coming Friday. Um, there's going to be a lot to talk about here, folks. So be sure to join, of course, Mitt and Shaq for Wrestling Debate coming up here coming up here at 8 o'clock, of course, one. 139-925-POUND, right here, of course, on Talk Shoe. And also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, I'll be back home with an episode, I do believe, was 878 of Revolution, uh, in which, of course, we will have, of course, our news and views and history and birthdays. We will also talk about the SmackDown matches, ladies and gentlemen, as far as, of course, um, uh, SummerSlam from this past Sunday is confirmed, is concerned. And also, of course, here, folks, we will talk about, of course, with, once again, NXT, of course, uh, um, pretty much do dominating the wrestling scene tonight on TV. Uh, we'll, of course, talk about that and give you the official results for NXT. 
Of course, it would be uh, the aftermath of what happened, of course, that takeover from Saturday. But nevertheless, here, folks, uh, we'll have a big-time night here, a big-time wrestling talk here. Like I said, on Revolution, episode 878, coming up here at 9 o'clock right here on TalkShoe. Uh, 138055. I'm sure to join us here for that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to let's go to our let's go to, of course, our uh, our page here, where of course we check on everything going on here in on this day here, of course, here in history here. Let's go ahead and see what we can let's see what we let's see what we can uh, find out here for you. And like I said, we do look at everything going on in the world of Movies, TV, music, and also sports as well. And don't forget, I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have any confirmation yet, but I do believe that this Friday there will be another episode of WWS Sports Machine. Of course, I believe Mitt and Shaq. I'm not sure if JD and Justin will be a part of that, but we'll keep you apprised about that here. When we get more information, we'll definitely pass that along here to you here uh, by at least by wrestling debate coming up here at eight o'clock. And also revolution coming up at nine. So let's go ahead here. Uh, as some of the events, of course, taking place here um, on this day here. Not 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 everything, but we're going to give you a little bit right here. Uh, events right here in movies and TV for today, August twenty sixth, on this day in nineteen fifty one, the movie An American in Paris was music by was music by George Gershwin, directed by Vicente Minnelli. I think that's the father of Liza Minnelli. And also starred Gene Kelly and Leslie Caron. Premieres in London, and when and of course would win the Best Picture Academy Award in 1952. A year later, on this day in 1955, the first color telecast of a te- tennis match it took place on NBC, and it was the Davis Cup. Also on this day in 1955, Pather Pachali, an Indian film directed by Sanjit Ray, starring Sabir Banerjee. Kanu Banerjee and Karuna Banerjee is released. On this day, 1956, KREY TV Channel 10 in Montrose, Colorado, which was originally CBS, now an NBC affiliate, begins broadcasting. On this day, 1967, the 28th Venice Film Festival, Belle du Jour, directed by Louise Bunel, wins the Golden Lion Award. On this day, 1985, the 42nd Venice Film Festival, uh, That, um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Of course, I think this was in French, but it means Vagabond, directed directed by Agnes Varda, wins the Golden Lion Award. On this day in 1996, for you fans of the show Seventh Heaven, on this day in 1996, Seventh Heaven, which starred Jessica Biel, debuts on what would used to be called the WB Network, which is now, called, of course, called the CW. And on this day in 2018, Danny Boyle pulls out of directing the The next James Bond film, due to creative differences. And let's look at some birthdays and also some uh, some deaths here, of course, here in um, in in the in the world of movies and TV. Uh, Thalia turns 49 years old today, and Macaulay Culkin, of course, the same one from the Home Alone movies, turns 40 today. Uh, some some folks here that have passed away. On this day, 1915, John Bunny, and a, a, a comedian, sadly passes away at the age of 51. On this day, 1930, Lon Chaney, who was known as the Man of a Thousand Faces, who of course was in the Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Phantom of the Opera, he dies at the age of 47 of a long illness. 
on this date in 1946, Jeannie McPherson, an American actress and screenwriter who was born in 1880, was born in 1887, of course, passes away on this day in 1946. And Larry Keating, who act, who was on uh, uh, the, Joe, the George Byrne show, Roger and Mr. Ed, sadly, passes away at the age of 67. And also some weddings here today, here, folks. On this day, 1946, uh, Olivia de Havilland, who we just lost this year, sadly, from Gone with the Wind, wed screenwriter and novelist Marcus Goodrich. On this day, 2006, Days of, uh, Days of Our Lives, actor Billy Warlock, who was, 40, who was 45 at the time, weds actress Julia Pinson in Las Vegas. On this day, in 2012, Kate Lang Jan John Johnson, 28 years old at the time, who was in the movie The Campaign. Weds musician Justin Minor at La Venta Inn in Palos Verdes, California. On his date in 2012, Chris O'Dowd, who was 32, was in, who was in the movie Bridesmaids. Weds British TV presenter Don Porter, who was 33, at an intimate ceremony with family and friends in London. Okay. Now let's see here. Let's just let's, let's look at, of course, all the events that happened in music on this day. On this day in 1846, Felix Mendelssohn's Oratorio Elijah premieres at the Birmingham Festival in England. On this day in 1967, uh, the Beatles, Mick Jagger, and Marianne Faithful meet Maharashi Mashish Yogi. On this day in 1968, Hey Jude, the single released by the Beatles, uh, uh, was released by the Beatles. It became the Billboard Song of the Year in 1968. And also Billboard's 10th biggest song of all time in 2013. On this day in 1980, Pete Cometa replaces Tom Peterson as the basis of the band Cheap Trick. On this day in 1992, Anna Karina opens a circle in, circle in uh, Square Theater, New York City for 46 performances. And also on this day in 2018, Moroccan pop singer Saeed Lamjerid arrested in Saint-Tropez, France, on a rape allegation. So, uh, like I said, Thalia, uh, we did mention, of course, uh, I think she's also, I guess, involved in music as well. She, like I said, she turns 49. On this, uh, on this date, 1661, Louis Capern, who was a composer, sadly passes away. In 1683, Christoph Schultz, a composer, sadly died at the age of 76. On this date, 1712, uh, Sebastian Anton Scherer, a German composer, dies at the age of 80. And in 1813, Daniel Golub Turk, who was a composer, sadly dies at the age of 63. And there was one here, one we already mentioned here. Uh, but in 2006, on this day, 2004, X Factor winner Steve Brookstein, who was 37 at the time, weds jazz, jazz musician Eileen Hunter at King's College Chapel in Aberdeen, Scotland. So, so, absolutely there. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's now go here to, let's now go here to, of course, us on this day, some something that happened in the world of sports. Uh, we got a few things here. On this day in 1896, U.S. National Championship Men's Tennis in Newport, Rhode Island, Robert Wren beats Fred Hovey. 7536601616641 for his third U.S. singles title. On his day in 1903, Phillies walked 17 Dodgers in one game. 
on his day in 19, once again, 1903, the U.S. National Championship Men's Tennis in Newport, Rhode Island. Englishman Lawrence Doherty beats American defending champion William Lawrence 6063 in 10-8. He was the first non-American champion. On his day in 1909, Frank Terrence scores cricket 145 and 13-67 for Middlesex versus the Glouts. In 1912, Walter Johnson's 16-game winning streak ends. On his date in 1912, once again, the U.S. National Men's Tennis in Newport, Rhode Island. Maurice McLaughlin wins first of two straight U.S. singles titles, beats Wallace F. Johnson 3-6, 2-6, 6-2, 6-4, and 6-2. In 1913, once again, the U.S. National Championship Men's Tennis in Newport, Rhode Island. Defending champion Maurice McLaughlin beats R. Norris Williams, 6'4", 5'7", 6'3", and 6'1". And on his day 1916, the Yankees turned triple play, beating the Browns 10-6. Uh, Rick Hansen, we celebrated a birthday in the world of sports. Rick Hansen today turns 63 years old. Also, we have several uh, folks who have passed on, of course, here in the, in the world of sports here. 1943, Ted Ray, who was a British golfer who won the British Open in 1912 and the U.S. Open in 1920, sadly dies at the age of 66. On his date in 1967, Delawar Hussein, who was a cricketer, who was the Indian wicketkeeper in the 1930s, sadly passes away. On his date in 1978, Jose Manuel Moreno, who was an Argentine footballer, I think that means he was probably a soccer player. Sadly, dies at the age of 62. And on his day in 1987, John Goddard, who was a cricketer and the West Indian captain from 1948 to 1953, sadly passes away as well. And we have no other nothing else to report there than that. So there's you some, there's you some, of course, uh, history here, <clears throat> of course, here in the world of, uh, in the in the world, of course, of. Uh, of uh, music, also sports, and also um, film and uh, TV shows here as well. Let's go ahead here, ladies and gentlemen, and bring you several quick wrestling tidbits here. Uh, We were having a little difficulty here with 411mania.com. Let us see here if we have have that page, of course, reset or not here. Let's double-check that here and see. Uh, we have three stories we're going to bring you here before we close out here for the night. Um, Joseph Lee brings us our first story here. Came out here today as the WWE Clash of Champions pay-per-view is pushed back a week. So let's see. This is a, this is a small story right here. Sorry about that, here, folks. PW Insider reports that WWE's Clash of Champions pay-per-view, which was originally set for September 20th, will now happen a week later on September 27th. It will likely take place inside the Amway Center in WWE's Thunderdome. Of course, as we've said, WWE has a residency in that venue until the end of October. Of course, that it will stream on the WWE Network. Uh, we have an AEW-related story here. Let's see if we can get that up here. Uh, Jeremy Thomas has this story right here. As Sammy Guevara says, he offered to jump off the stadium at AEW's Double or Nothing and talks the stadium stampede 
bump. Let's see what we have right here. On a recent episode of AEW Unrestricted, Tammy Guerrero discusses his big bump during the stadium stampede match at AEW Double or Nothing 2020, where it took Kenny Omega's one-winged angel off an elevated platform in one, of the, in one of the more talked-about moments of the wild match. Rivera recalled how he offered to leap off the top of the stadium and told Tony Khan he was serious just to make sure it wasn't passed off as a joke. Here are some highlights in the video from that if you want to take a look at this. On taking the one-winged angel, angel from Kenny Omega during Stadium Stampede, Rivera says, that's, sorry about that here, folks, uh, that's my own fault, too, because I kept te texting Tony Khan saying, hey, I'll jump off the stadium. Seems like 200 feet or something like that. And then I think that I was joking, so I texted him again and said, I'm like, hey, no, I'm dead serious. I'll jump off the stadium. So they got this, like, stunt co coordinator, and then we were only approved for 40 feet, so the stadium was out of the question. So that was my own fault. On his original plan for the bump, Rivera says, I want to do something cool like flip or dive. And then it slowly changed to, no, no, no. What if we just throw you off? What if we give you this? I almost took a Canadian destroyer. On filming the spot, Rivera says, well, I told Kenny because you know he's such a pro. He's one of the best. So I didn't have any doubt in it. It was really just up to him how he wanted to place me. He wanted to give me one of the nice ones that he gave me or he wanted to give me the driver version of that movie. And I said, give me the driver one. I think I'm dead. So that's up to you. But it was raining during the whole thing. We had to stop him because it was a storm passing by. And so then at almost 5 a.m. when when they had to film this thing, that's when they went up there. I actually banged my shin getting up on that platform, and I blew up like a balloon the next morning. So Kenny and I were standing up there. I was saying, like, this is how this is how I go. This is going to be it for me. It's the last thing on the match. We've been up forever, and, of course, it's raining. It's what I remember just being up there and looking down and just thinking, Hey, if, hey! If this is it, I had a good run, and luckily it it was luckily it wasn't, and and I get to have more good runs. But that was a scary moment. Like I said, check out that video if you want to listen to, of course, what else uh, that Guevara has to say. And one more quick story here I put that came out yesterday from Jeremy Thomas, as Damian Priest on winning, of course, his first title in NXT, and also Shawn Michaels' reaction to his homage. Damian Priest did, did something to honor HBK. So we'll just see. We'll just see what this is all about right here. Damian Priest discussed his NXT North American Championship win in NXT TakeOver, his Shawn Michaels ring gear, homage, and more in a new interview with Pro Wrestling Sheet. Here are some highlights. On holding his first title at NXT, Damian Priest says, I'm still on Cloud Nine, man. It's so cool. It's what I've been working for, you know. Much obviously, I've been tiptoeing around the North American Championship. I've been bragging about wanting to be the champion. I've been bragging about wanting to do something that will stand the test of time and live forever to finally achieve it. It was all the feels combined. I was ecstatic, happy, emotional, everything. Everything encompassed in one. That's why I said that all that was real. And when the cameras went off, I didn't get out of the hot tub. I finally got out because they were kicking me out. I just went to another place to continue celebrating. It didn't stop. That's just who I am. What you see now is not a character. I'm not pretending. I'm not doing something somebody favored by doing a job the way I'm asked to portray a certain persona. I'm not doing that anymore. Hunter and Sean gave me their full support too. Hey, go out there and be yourself. And I finally figured how figured out how to do that. So I'm just really just being me. 
all the time, 24-7. I love it because I don't have to stop and go. I wanted to change it in his character began, Damien Priest says. I, it was basically in the lead, lead into that match. It's a cool story. I was talking about doing something, and Triple H heard me. And he pulled me aside, and we were just talking. And he started telling me about advice that Undertaker gave him about when you learn how to be yourself, you make a lot of money in this business. That's what Undertaker told him. And he tapped me on the chest and basically said, now nah, I'm telling you that. I didn't realize it until he said it. Uh, although that had been for us telling me, hey, you just can't. You can be just you now. I was to pretend to be a version of me or I was pretending to be who people thought I was instead of really being me. And I think that day it hit me. I was like, oh, I'm still pretending. It was even the way I was speaking in promos where I, I felt like I, I have I had to have a certain voice and I had to sound a certain way. Instead of just talking like I'm speaking to you right now and Sean would be on me about that too. He was like, hey, you're a pretty cool guy. Just be you. I think finally leading into that match, I think that's that's when it finally all came together. I haven't looked back since. Obviously, working with Ben Balor makes it really easy to go out there and put on a great match as well. On Shawn Michaels' reaction to his tribute gear, Damian Priest says, he died laughing when he saw it. I wonder if he, he if he would even get it. Because he wore so much stuff, they immediately he knew. He was like, oh, there it is, and started laughing. So I was really happy, of course, with certain things and certain people. I'll reach out and ask. But with that one, I kind of wanted to surprise him. But at the same time, I was hoping he was okay with it because you never know. But no, everyone have, has been super cool. Anytime I do something like that, remember my first takeover when I kind of paid homage to the Outsiders. The pants were kind of Kevin Nash. The vest was kind of like Scott Hall. They were at the taping the week before takeover. I remember telling Scott the idea and showing him pictures of the gear to make sure it's cool. And he's excited to say he loves when people bring him up. He's like, you're keeping people Thinking about me, that's cool. I, I was like, that's that's fine by me because it means something to me. Then he was like, show Kev. I remember thinking like, nah, we don't have to. Just because I didn't know. I already knew Scott somewhat. I never really had any interactions with Kevin. So I don't know. But he was also super cool about it. He saw it I, and was like, oh, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. And they were thanking me. That's when I realized it was definitely cool. On Keith Lee's Raw debut, Damian Priest says, I was happy. Obviously, everybody knows our history in the ring together, but through competition, you form relationships and through rivalries, you end up getting a deeper respect for each other. Because of the battles that we've had, we've ended up being really becoming really good friends, and I was stoked for him, him being limitless. I know that's like his thing, but that but it's so true. Sky's the limit there for him. I think he's going to do extremely well there, just as he did at NXT. That's the reason why everywhere he goes, he excels the way he does. He's going to be fine there. I'm excited to see where they go. I'm here with him. On what he thought of Pat McAfee's NXT debut, Damien Priest says, what, what everybody else thought, we were all surprised. I knew he had training. I know he's an athlete. You know he's a jerk, so he's got a personality. I do get along with him, though. I actually like the guy, but you still don't know what to expect. That That's a lot of pressure. I know the pressure that I have, and I always feel not being able to perform to the highest ability that I can perform to. What he did, he surpassed expectations. Not just fans, but from us, everybody in the back was like, that was actually good for anybody, not just somebody's first match, not just an outsider that was good for anybody's match. And we saw two of those this weekend, which was kind of cool with Dominic Mysterio as well. That one I kind of expected, though. There was no way he was not going to to be good. But, Pat, that was impressive. And kudos to him for actually putting, the, putting in the effort to be good. That's something that needs to be said about that. 
He could have just came in and taken whatever he was going to get paid, done a match, and left. But he went out there and he put in work. You could tell he really prepared for this. There's no amount of training that can substitute for a performance. That was extremely impressive. So, folks, there you have it there. And I'm sure we'll probably hear some more stories here, of course, here coming up here tonight on both wrestling debates at 8 o'clock, 139-925-POUND, and also, of course, Revolution 878 coming up here, of course, tonight at 9, 138-055-POUND, of course, right here on TalkShoe.com. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for, for listening in here to, of course, episode 217 of Outside the Ropes. Um, and, of course, be sure to check out all of our past episodes of all of our shows here on Talk Shoe. Be sure, of course, to check out all of our groups on Facebook. Um, of course, we have a lot of great content here, including, of course, everything from the Video Vault and our tribute groups with a lot of great wrestling matches and moments uh, to, of course, our tribute groups to Johnny Carson and Don Rickles. With a lot of funny moments there. Our group, group for Whose Line Is It Anyway? Check out a lot of funny stuff there. Also, of course, Game Show Alley, Sports Roundup, Entertainment Cavalcade, um, and so many more, so many more pages here. Sure, check out all that here, folks. And we'll be back on here, of course, like we said, coming up here in about. Uh, we're going to cut out a little bit early here. We got a few months. We're going to cut out a little bit early here because we pretty much recorded everything we're going to talk about here today tonight. But like I said, don't forget in about 45 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Will be WWS Wrestling Debate 139925 pound. Shaq and Mitt, of course, will have the helm there. And they'll be on the floor here talking about everything and everything on the table here, talking about everything that's happened here in the world of wrestling over the past few days and what will happen, of course, within the next few days. And there'll be a whole lot, there'll be a whole lot of big time talk here, of course, of the lead in towards, as we said, 878 of Revolution coming up here at 9 o'clock, 138055 pound. And we'll have a lot to talk about there as well. 217 of Outside the Ropes is a broadcast of the WWUS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, <clears throat> five years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your pop culture connection. Folks, take care of yourselves <clears throat> and each other. And, of course, remember my three simple rules to live by, and of course, in responding to this pandemic, of course, Wash your hands, obviously. Stay clean, of course. And 100% more than anything, ladies and gentlemen, pray, pray very, very hard. We will get over this. We will get through this. And things will be back to what what is what we would actually define as normal. So be sure to listen. To be sure. So, so just keep on praying, ladies and gentlemen, and things will get a whole lot better. Take care and God bless you, folks. <clears throat> we'll talk to you, of course, a little bit later on here on Wrestling Debate and also on Revolution. Take care. And have a great evening. We'll talk at you soon. This is the WCWUS Radio Network, bringing you, of course, the best wrestling discussion since 2015. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.